Welcome to the Making Great Men podcast. I'm your host, Papa G. Good to have you back with me again, ladies and gentlemen, to this Making Great Men podcast. Wonderful to be on this journey with you every single week. Um, look, I am uh, really thankful once again for the incredible feedback I have received from the interview last week with my great mate and business partner, uh, Pedzi, in regards to the topic of growing up without a father. What some great insights. If you haven't heard that one, I encourage you or send it through to some friends who've grown up without a father. Encourage you to listen to that. Some good insights by that uh, young man. I call him young because he's younger than me. Uh, so uh, enjoy that podcast as you will today. Today's podcast, as you've seen already from the, um, the title, it is Build Yourself Better. Build Yourself Better. What I want to do today is give some life tips, some practical tips that you could start today, today, whatever, whenever you're listening to this, that will make you a better man, a way to build yourself better. Now, I know that obviously, as most of you would know who've come on this journey so far, that one of the ways to build yourself better or what started this podcast are the three main ingredients on making great men. They were kindness, chivalry, and strength. Strength being strength of character, conviction, and strength of values. They are the first three episodes of this podcast, so please go listen to those if you haven't already. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd say put this on pause, go listen to the other three, come back to this podcast. So most definitely those things will need some time for you to work on. They take time to develop. They don't just happen because you decide, you know what, I'm going to be kind today. That's a fruit that you have to develop. And I use the word fruit for a particular reason. Uh, fruit takes time. It needs to be sown, the, the ground needs to be developed, there needs to be fertilizer, there needs to be care taken and watered, uh, then the tree needs to grow and then the fruit starts to develop. So it takes time for any of these fruits to develop, kindness, chivalry and strength. So, But in the meantime, what I wanted to do was give some practical tips on what you can start doing. I'm going to give you five tips on what you can start doing now that will start to help you build a better man, build a better version of yourself, build yourself better. And, um, and so let's start with number one. Number one is, gentlemen, write this down. Number one is working out. Mm -hmm. I said it. I know you're probably sitting down listening to this right now. Or actually, some people are listening to this. They're, they're messaging me saying they're listening to this while they're at the gym. So you've got number one down pat already. Well done. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that working out needs to be like a bodybuilder or a CrossFit fanatic. Yes, CrossFitters. Or running long distance like as if something is chasing you and you're running for your dear life. I'm not talking about that. And if you do all of those or any of those, fantastic. Kudos to you. You're 18 steps in front of all of us. Well done. What I am saying, though, is the importance of this number one, and I've put it as number one because of its importance to us. You need to move and stretch. There needs to be some form of moving and stretching. And look, listen, young people, young men, I don't care how young you are. You need to stretch. Do not wait until you're in your 40s. Trust me, from someone who's in their late 40s, it will be too late. I'm stretching every morning and every night to keep my body uh, nimble or be able to tie up my shoelaces. Uh, and I work out as well. And the stretching is highly important. No matter how 
earlier you are, you need to stretch. There is a plethora of free resources about this. Go to YouTube. Uh, go to a, a there's a there's an app called Move You, the letter U. Uh, there's multiple different versions of those. Heaps of companies out there. You can pay it all free to teach you how to properly stretch different muscles in your body and keep yourself limber. That's really really important. On top of that, working out, uh, walking every day, jogging resistance training, something in regards to um, resistance, whether it's band resistance or weight training. This is highly, highly important. Now, let, let, me, let me tell you how important this is. Some of you may have heard this on other podcasts from around the world, but uh, there is a huge increase in the longevity of life when you do resistance training, some form of resistance training where your body has to uh, lift and pull and push uh, against a particular weight or against a band and and uh, the muscles have to stretch up against, the ligaments are stretching up against the bones. Um, research has found that doing any type, any type or amount of muscle strengthening exercise, so any type or any amount of muscle strengthening exercise lowers the risk of all-cause premature death by 15%. Did you catch that? It lowers the cause, all cause, all causes of premature death. It lowers them by 15%. If you do any and any type or any amount of muscle strengthening exercise, just that alone is a reason to do it. It's incredible. Your bones are stronger. Your, your, your muscles not only are stronger, your whole body starts to sit upright. And so the, the pain and the muscle that you get in hips and backs and knees and, and ankles and um, are, are all start to dissipate when you do these things. But there is something that's only recently, only, only in the last five or 10 years has been discovered and we're learning more and more about it. The benefit to your mind of moving your muscles. It is astronomical, this benefit. It's known as the hope hormone. Some of you may have heard about this already, researched it as well. The hope hormone that is secreted from your muscle. They're actually called, the technical name, uh, they're called myokines. And um, because the muscle can do this, because it acts like it is an endocrine organ. An endocrine organ is basically a like your thyroid gland or your adrenal gland. Certain types of hormones get secreted out of these glands. But your muscles aren't just there to hold your skeleton up or to get you to move, or to get you to lift things or push things, it actually has got a hormone built into the muscle. They're only produced in the muscle, and they're only released from your muscle when they are contracted and expanded, when they're, when they're moving. If they're at rest and they're hardly getting any workout, they're not excreting these, these uh, my, myokines. They're not excreting this hormone, this hope hormone. And the reason why it's called the hope hormone, the reason is these hormones can break through the blood-brain barrier. They're very beneficial for brain health because they go through the blood, uh, the, say that a few times, very beneficial for brain health because they go through your blood-brain barrier and they get in to your brain and start to have these incredible effects. Research on this is only just getting started and on the type of level this does for people. So men, I want you to listen to this. When you do resistance training, it's got nothing to do with you trying to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Rock. That's not the, that's not the reason to resistance train. The reason are the health benefits to you, not just in your body, but now we know in your mind, big time. As a matter of fact, these hormones, what they do, they act, they 
on a massive scale, assist in making you resilient to stress and protect you from depression. Did you hear that? Make you resistant to stress and protect you from depression. They also work as a major antidepressant and help people recover from trauma. These are the findings that we're, we're seeing now when people do long-term. Now, of course, please understand, you're not going to be depressed right now on the couch, get up and go to the gym, work out and go, wow, I'm recovered. But I guarantee you one thing, you're going to feel a lot better than sitting on that couch. I know that. I understand that it can be embarrassing going to the gym when you don't know what to do. I get it. Uh, I, I would recommend hiring a PT for the first five sessions so they teach you how to do something. I don't have the money for that, George. You can't afford not to do it, okay? If you are battling with depression, you're battling with anxiety, you're battling with different ways of, of feeling bad about yourself, you cannot afford to not do this. Save up the funds. Ask a friend. Uh, uh, get out there. You need to do something to help with this resistance training. Um, listen. Also, if you're dead broke and you've got no money, you've, you can access YouTube for free. I guarantee you. Get onto YouTube, look up workouts, and then start doing them at home. Use some cans of beans, for goodness sake. Use some bricks. Use some milk bottles. I don't care what you've got to do. I've done that before in my life uh, in order to start working out and, and having some form of movement. Uh, I know there's seasons in my life where I've gotten busy. And there's been two years of not working out and how I felt compared to being doing some resistance training. Now I know why. Now I know why. So this hope hormone is extremely important. Now what sort of workouts can you do? It's, it, they're talking about any activity starts to secrete this. Obviously, the more exerted it is, the more of the hormone gets excreted into your bloodstream. But anything like walking or hiking or running or dancing or weightlifting or swimming, any of these things, you know, and, and think of what, what other thing there is, they all start to have this hope hormone coming out and they, they need to be exerted. So it's not a five-minute walk. You go on a half hour, 45-minute, an hour-long walk where your body is really using the muscles now. So that's really important. That's why that's number one now of how to build yourself better today, working out, stretching, moving. All right. So that's number one. Let underline that, highlight it, do what you've got to do, bold it on your phone. Number two, listening to this podcast is part of number two, actually. <laughs> it's called uh, personal development. Number one was workout, number two is personal development. We often forget about ourselves. Now, if you're in a committed relationship or you have a family, sometimes, and in most cases actually, um, we can tend to forget about ourselves by not realizing that if we forget about ourselves, we become use useful to no one. Now, I'm not saying become totally selfish, but I'm saying think of yourself a little bit more. Uh, think of others and put them before you like your, your partner and your uh, children are greed and your job. I get all that, but you have to also think of yourself and personal development is part of that. What does that mean? Well, it means reading a book or listening to an audio book. Well, what books do I'm not good at reading books. Listen to audio books. Take some time to research it. Get on the internet and research the subjects you would like to know, things that you want to work on with yourself. How do I be a better father? or a better husband, or a better employee? How do I develop my skill set? Um, I don't know how to speak about my feelings, or I don't know how to uh, process this information. I don't know how to do this other thing. Well, find subjects, find the books about these subjects, get them on audiobook if you can't read, and start to digest them. Don't just simply listen to them or read them, but digest them. Sometimes to digest them, 
You need to read slowly. And so getting a book, some of you are listening to me, like, oh, I love books already. This is, they're fantastic. Let's, let's do it. Reading books and listening to podcasts are an important way on learning about yourself. Books can become like a, um, a mirror that gets put up in front of you and it shows you a little bit about yourself. If you tend to read a book and you start to feel a little bad about yourself, understand that's not what it's doing. It's showing you things about yourself in order for you to deal with them, not for you to feel bad about them. Okay, men, come on, we need to have a backbone here. We need to understand that if I read something and I realize, man, my life does not look like this at all in this area, woe is me, woe is me. Oh no, I'm not a good human. Okay, listen to Papa G. Stop it, stop it, okay? Stop it. Let's put your shoulders back, chest out. See it with your chest, as Kevin Hart says. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't let this thing beat you like this. This is not what what's meant to happen. Yes, it is a mirror. Yes, you'll see it. But that just means I see it. I identify it now. Now I'm going to change it. What do I need to do to fix this? And so you digest that information. Uh, listen to podcasts as part of personal development. Of course, this is one of those podcasts, but I'm only one in a in a sea of podcasts that are out there. Look for subject matter experts. Great. Um, but not everyone has to be a subject matter expert that you listen to. Go to people who have been there, done that, got the trophy. Been there, done that, got the trophy. Their life and what's following them is evident that they have conquered certain things in their throughout their life. People have gone through trauma, some experiences that they've come through. You you read someone's life experience, you think, wow, I'm going through that right now. How did they do this? And you may not learn a thousand things from them, but you might learn one or two or three or four key ingredients of them that teach you how to get over that one particular thing. So uh, listening to those podcasts, finding out what they are, what they do, uh, highly important as part of your personal development. Therapy is the next one. And uh, so I, 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 as part of personal development, I, I put down let's go books first, let's go podcasts, you know, shows, documentaries, those sort of things. They're wonderful. Um, but then I also put down therapy because therapy is important. And for men, it is very important. Women sort of seem to do therapy somewhat well between them and their friends. They do that. And that, that, I'm not saying don't do therapy with experts, women. Please go do that as well. But men don't talk about their feelings with other men generally. And it would be good if we knew how to do that a lot better. It would be great if we taught ourselves how to do that. It would be amazing if we taught our young men how to do that. But something in us as men stops us from doing this. We're not going to go into what that something is because psychology has been talking about it. For hundreds or thousands of years. <laughs> so we'll leave that for another time. Um, but look, it would be wonderful if men could talk about it because quite a number of men out there are dealing with trauma, different types of trauma, childhood trauma, trauma from previous partners, trauma from siblings, trauma from work, trauma from different experiences in life. And we sort of, you know, let's just suck it up and move on. You know, the good old Australian way. Let's just suck it up and move on, mate. Come on, be a man. I'm not talking about, when I'm talking about making better men, building yourself better or building great men, I'm not talking about sucking it up. I'm talking about, I'm talking about let's deal with it like a man should deal with it. 
And that's not just bearing it down because we've seen what that does to so many generations before us. And, uh, and, and obviously we've swung the pendulum the other way where, where a man don't make sure they don't deal with anything hard. Make sure you wrap them around with cotton candy. Make sure that you put bubble wrap on the on the man on the on this young man so he doesn't get hurt. Don't keep score at f- football games and soccer games and sports clubs and don't keep score because we don't want them to get disappointed. Because if they get disappointed, hey, shut up. That's what I like to say sometimes at a field. Don't don't give me that rubbish. They know what the score is. They can count. If they're playing something, they can count how much did we score, how much did they score. It's the, it's the ability to build competition and, resi- and, and resilience and to disappointment. Uh, you know, we, we need to give that back to the men. And so doing that helps us become more resilient to stress and more resilient to trauma when it hits us. But sometimes some trauma is so big that we do need someone else to help. So to go and talk to someone about things that are bothering us. Maybe, you know, men, if I want to give you a tip here about that, maybe if you just think for a minute about something that triggers you, something that causes you to go off, you know, um, maybe it's the way, you you know, when you're driving in a car, maybe it's something that someone says, maybe it's when you don't feel, feel heard in an office meeting or maybe when you are embarrassed in front of your work colleagues or your tradie mates, um, maybe when someone says something funny about you and you, um, you you can't take it as a joke but it triggers you and you might be laughing on the outside but in the inside you're plotting the guy's death. Uh, <laughs> just stuff. I'm saying that to say maybe you should stop one day and just think why do I respond this way? Why do I react like that? What is it? Why do I get embarrassed when someone says these sort of things? How come I get, I go from zero to 100? What's going on in me? Something happened to me that got me here. Because we, we psychologists tell us that 80% of your core belief system is developed by the time you turn into an adult. So long before you're able to make any decisions about yourself, 80% of what you believe and why you believe it and how you respond to life is developed in you because of the experience and the environment you've been in. Would you then think, like I've said previously, that maybe that needs to be thought of? Maybe that needs to be changed? Maybe that needs to be looked at? Of course you do, because you're intelligent listening to this podcast. (laughs) So figure out what it is. Maybe you need to go with a partner of yours and be willing to learn. If you don't have a partner, but you've got a close mate, Maybe consider taking your close mate so they keep you accountable. They hear what's going on. They hear and they can keep you accountable when it's in between sessions. You know, if you're seeing someone once a week for a few months, then they're able to help you in between those sessions. Say, come on, mate. Remember, remember what the uh, therapist said. Here's what you've got to do. Come on, let's do it. Building these sort of things in your life will help you uh, develop personally. So we've talked about working out and the benefits of doing that and what type of workouts and stretches you need to do. We've talked about personal development and books and podcasts and therapy. Now we're going to move on to number three, which is vision for you and your family. But before we do that, let's go to our today's interesting facts. Hello, this is Jerryton. Jerry, it's Papa G here. How are you? Papa G, how are you? Uh, good, mate. Listen, I'm just doing this show right now, and um, I needed some interesting facts, and I was thinking, who do I call? And I thought you've used straight away because you're the walking encyclopedia, and so I just wanted to know if you have happen to have any interesting facts lying around that you could share with the audience. 
Okay, okay. I think I've got a couple for you, Papa G. Of course you do. Let me see here. Let me see here. Well, guys, welcome to today's interesting facts. Fact number one, men operate on a praise and reward system. In fact, psychologically, men tend to perform better when given praise or offered a reward. They don't need to be showered with praise. Any recognition will definitely do the trick. Oh, yes. I, I agree with that one, Jerry. That's a good one. Thank you. And that's a good one. Here's, here's another fact for you, George. Okay. It's no surprise that psychologically speaking, once again, men struggle more than women to express and process their emotions. Mm. This is generally due to the fact that men are more logically orientated than women. Oh, yes. I, how do you feel about that one, Joe? Um, that makes sense. That's uh, I see that in my own life, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I was just going to say, yes, Mr. Logical himself right here. <laughs> Yes, yes, and Absolutely. yes. But let yes. me talk to the men. Let me talk to the men for a second, okay. George. Okay. Men, listen to this, men. You are not lone wolves. Oh, is this the genetically next fact? speaking? This is the next fact. We're speaking genetically now. Genetically speaking, men are more inclined to seek the company of others as it creates a sense of security. Wow. This is why loneliness affects men more often. Oh, I like that, Jerry. That's interesting because because yes. we we know of some key people in our lives that have been called lone wolves, but really they're not. Yes, everyone needs that support system. Correct. All right, moving on to the research. Fact number four: research shows that men have a high sense of pride and will therefore not stop pursuing something they really want. The opposite is also true. If a man doesn't want to do something, it won't get done. How true is that? That's so true. How true is that? So if they really, really want something, hey, this is a great lesson for women, Jerry. That's a good one. If 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 your man is not texting you, not running after you, not asking you questions, not not well, he does. He's, if he's not pursuing you, then something's wrong. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Because does he really want it. Yeah, that's good point. And then when he doesn't, it just doesn't get done. Well done, Jerry. Do you have any more facts? Correct. Just one more for you, George. Mm -hmm. Number five. Fact number five, the last one for today. Men are more prone to depression when they do not provide for their tribe, as in food, Ooh. shelter, or safety. Ooh. Reason being, it is programmed in them to do so. Oh, Let my leave goodness. You with that. Isn't it programmed? It really is. You can see that in so many people's lives, right? So many people's lives. So oh, many. Jerry, look, I knew I've rung the right person. I really appreciate you doing that, mate. Thank you so much for the interesting facts for today. Happy to help. Take it easy. See you, mate. See ya. All right. Thank you so much for those interesting facts for today. You know, there were some interesting ones there, weren't there, about the lone wolves and about the uh, sense of pride and pursuing what they want. But that last one, isn't it interesting, to, especially to what we just said a moment ago about men being prone to depression when they're not able to provide, uh, especially in a lot of the world we live in right now. We're asking our young men, uh, as you would have heard in the previous podcast uh, episodes, uh, not, you know, no, you don't need to be a provider or a protector, that's exactly <laughs> what men need to be. Uh, okay, so we've talked about the, the five ways to build yourself better. First one was working out. Second one was personal development. Now let's move on to the third one, which is having a vision for yourself and your family. Now what do I mean by vision? I don't mean, you know, you don't have to necessarily write it down, although writing it down is actually a really good way of doing it. Uh, and what I meant by that is writing it down and putting it up on a poster in your, in your um, house. Again, another good way of doing it if you want to do that. But what I mean is, is what sort of culture do you want in your family? 
And of course, I'm talking to families who are, you know, if you if you have a family, and this could be also for you if you're an individual, how do I want my life to look? What culture do I want to build around my life? And, and I'll explain what culture is in a moment. But if you're not purposeful about these, then they're just going to happen anyway. Your life will look and smell a particular way, whether you want it to or not. Understand this, that you've got a certain aroma around you. <laughs> oh, goodness, I'm going to do a, a practical tips about uh, how, to, how to keep yourself hygiene. Um, anyway, um, we'll get there. They'll be, yeah, actually, I'm going to do that, actually. I started writing them down. They're going to be called uh, Tips for Life. Tips for life. And there's going to be short little five-minute little segments that I'm going to throw out there that that you can look at and go, oh, here's another tip for life. Um, but we'll get to those later. But what I mean by culture, there is this aroma around you and this and the way you look and smell to people uh, is what people recognize about you and what they what they uh, remember about you when they encounter you. Okay. And that is that is the culture of your life. Here's what a culture is. In an organization or a family or a tribe, it's the messages people receive about how they're expected to behave. I said this at the last podcast, the messages people receive about how they're expected to behave. I'm going to break that down in a moment to the ABCDs of what culture is. Um, But this is important because it shows people who you are how you represent yourself, what your family is meant to be brought up on. You want to look and see what are the values that we want our family to look like or I want my life to look like if you're an individual, if you're single. How do I want me and my partner or me and my partner my children or just me and myself, what do people encounter when they encounter me? Um, you know, Now, some of you might be crying out, well, who cares? Who cares what people think? Who cares what people think? Well, um, uh, everyone does. Okay, firstly. Secondly, if you don't care, go live like a hermit in the bush somewhere and don't interact with humans. Then you can do whatever you want, be whatever you want. Yell and scream and look and smell. I can guarantee you smell however you want. Uh, But we live in society. We were made and designed to live in community. And so therefore, that's why every group of people that are put together has got a culture. Again, I'll say it. Sports clubs, churches, not-for-profits, companies, families, friendships, they all have got certain cultures developed within them. Women, if you're listening, and I know you are, you know that there are a group of friends that you hang out with and it's fun, it's great, it's, 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 everyone's uplifting, everyone's wonderful, they're all, they're all, this is what they do and they're, they're great. And then you've got another group of friends that you go out there and they're, they're all about the image and they're all about the looking good and they're all about strutting and let's go to the toilet again so we can walk past this table again and flicking our hair and, and walking in a certain way. And, um, and you know that th- these groups are like that. You know that if one of your friends from group A went to join group B, it's awkward and vice versa. There's an awkwardness that happens. Not because they're a bad person, but because there's a different culture completely that are now mixing. Uh, And so this culture, the ABCDs of how to develop that in your life or in your family's life. So ABCD stands for A is to affirm, B is to be, as in B-E, C is communicate, and D is discipline. That's important. I know we don't like the word discipline, but that's going to come up in number four as well. So this vision for your family, this culture that you want to create, you want to be able to – actually, let let me give you an example. Let's say one of the values you want for yourself or your family is we uplift each other. Let's say that's one of the values you want to have and you've got two kids. And uh, little Johnny keeps talking to little uh, Anne, but Johnny keeps putting her down. And Johnny keeps telling her how – 
unintelligent she is or she took his things and he's complaining and he's talking bad about her and he's and he's saying not nice things to his sister. We know brother and sister, brother and brother, sister and sister, it's going to happen and that's why we work on it. Um, but if you want to see uplifting words happening between your children, then number one is you've got to affirm it. So you've got to celebrate it when it happens. Oh, Johnny just said something good. Johnny, good job. I'm so glad that you said that about him. Great job. Well done. Well done for saying that. Uh, number two, B, which is um, you do it. You're the one that starts to use uplifting words to your partner. Mm-hmm. To your partner. As an example, uh, communicate. So you repeat what that value is. Hey, guys. No, no, we don't speak like that here. We uplift each other. We don't put each other down. No, no, guys. We speak nicely to each other. We don't speak. Guys. That's repeating it often. And I know it feels like, oh, I've got to repeat myself for 10 years. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay. Welcome to parenting. Um, and welcome to your own individual life. And number four, you need to discipline consequences when it's broken. So if little Johnny does that, and if after the first, second, or third warning, they're still speaking like that about, well, something has to be done about that. There has to be some discipline. He needs to understand that that behavior is not rewarded, but there's a discipline reaction. You lose a privilege, or you lose a toy, or you lose having time with friends, uh, or you lose your time with, with a movie or a sweets or whatever it is that, that you see discipline being. But it needs to be affirming, being, communicating, discipline. Now, how do you discipline yourself if you're an individual? I can understand you can affirm by by saying yes we're well done I you know I look back on my day well the way you discipline yourself is not obviously to take something away from yourself naughty George I just smacked my hand naughty George all right today you're not going to get to to watch a movie <laughs> no but sit down at the end of the day and have a look and of, of your interactions with people and if if for you it's uplifting other people around you if that's your value then have a think about it and go okay where did I not do that today Ah, okay. When I was speaking to this guy, I have a little bit of bit of a thing with him at work, and so I cut him down because I felt like I needed to do that. And then assess why did I cut him down? Is it because I make me feel better? Now I'm not asking you to be meek and weak. No, 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 no. Remember what we said: kindness is not a weakness. Kindness is actually a strong trait to have. So go back and listen to that if you don't know what I mean when I'm saying this. Um, so it's affirming, being, communicating and disciplining, having that vision for your life. And let me give you another example. For instance, for us as, as a family, um, as I've stated on this before, I've got five children ranging uh, 24, 22, 20, 17, 12. Our eldest child, who's 24, was born with Down syndrome. But right now he's in the last couple of years, two and a half years, he's been living in supported independent living, loving his life, flourishing, doing karate, working at McDonald's. Like his life is incredible. And we see him um, every week and we get to spend time with him and he's with us, you know, having lunch and doing all these things. But one of the values we had growing up when the kids were younger is that we go to church, we love God and people, that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, uh, that there, there is something bigger than ourselves and we want to be a part of it. And so that that value was part of our family. But that meant that we had to get five kids sorted for church on a Sunday morning. Was it tough? <laughs> you, you better believe it. Where are your shoes? Put your socks on. One of your socks, I'll put your socks there. Go get your shirt. That's not the shirt. What you, what's on that shirt? Did you eat breakfast with your shirt on? Aha! Let me go find another shirt. Okay, go. Yeah, stop pulling your brother's hair. Stop doing it. Take that over. Go back. I told you to get up. Why haven't you gotten it up yet? Can you get up? Are you ready? Are you even ready yet? This was Sunday. <laughs> this was Sunday mornings. 
So it was tough to do it, but we valued it and we did it week in, week out, week in, week out. Now the kids are the ages that I told you that they are, ranging from 12 to 24. And every week we still go to church. Every week we highly value it. We love people. We love God. The kids have grown up to be kind, to be considerate, to be respectful, to be caring adults. And a couple of them are uh, teenagers or early early teens, preteens. Caring, considerate, kind, respectful people. That did not happen by, by accident. That didn't just happen because it's what we wished for 24 years ago. That happened because we wanted that our children to be like that. And so we did the ABCDs of culture in our family. Here are the things that we won't accept when in our family. Here are the things that are acceptable. Here are the things we want to celebrate. Here are the things that we will we will stamp out. And so, um, you know, mums and dads, I know it can feel it can feel hard, um, you know, doing this. But but I'm going to get to um, kids in a moment. That's going to be number four. Um, if you've got kids, but but mum and dads, you know, this this um, if you're a parent, sorry, I should say, I don't want to call you mum and dad and, and try to demean you in any way. I hope my tone wasn't like that. But um, having a vision for your family, men. Having vision for your family is highly important, highly important to know what it is that you want for your life and for your family's life, okay? Now, I've talked about that with the kids. It was it was tough, but this is number four for building yourself better, okay? If you don't have kids now and one day you will be, then please listen carefully to this. The big four things for kids, this is number four, and the big four of number four are these raising kids in a way that you want them to build in that culture. Boundaries, consistency, discipline, and love. So in point three, having a vision for your family, I talked about the ABCDs, those four things, affirm, be, communicate, discipline. So this is you building those values in your family. But how do you get them into your children? How do you get them into your children? You've got to have the basis, the groundwork done in order to get the culture into your family. And those come from boundaries, consistency, discipline, and love. Now, let me just quickly go through them. Parents, boundaries. Boundaries are you're telling your children what is or isn't acceptable in regards to your household, in regards to how they behave when they're out there. Now, we had five children. We have, sorry, five children. Not once have we had a temper tantrum out in public? I know that may sound like, nah, that's never happened, you're lying. You can, you can ask any of our family or friends, we have never had a temper tantrum. If there was even the slightest attempt of a temper tantrum, all they had to do was look at me and then they knew straight away that, oh, somebody going to get hurt real bad. Somebody going to get hurt real bad when they get home. <laughs> they knew there were consequences, so they never did it. There was boundaries. You do not, we do not behave this way. We do not throw things. We do not yell. We do not bite. We do not hurt someone. We do not uh, react out of anger. Those were all part of our, and what we do do, we, we love, we care, we, we, um, we are kind, we share Notice, parents, that, and, and if you're not a parent yet, understand that none of us are born good. None of us are born good. Understand this. Because people would see us out in restaurants and they'd say to us, oh, wow, you guys are so lucky. Your kids are great. No, there was no luck, my friend. 
There was no luck. It was a lot of hard work. It was boundaries and consistency and discipline and love. There was a lot of hard work involved in raising these children to be who they are today. And uh, because that's the job of a parent. I'm raising, I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm raising you so that you are a well-balanced, self-aware, emotionally intelligent, contributing member of society as an adult. I'll say that again. You are well-balanced, <laughs> self-aware, emotionally intelligent, contributing sense um, uh, person of society who is an adult. And, and that's what we are raising them to be. I'm not here to be your best friend. Go find another best friend. I will become your friend as you grow up and become an adult, but I'm still here and I'm still your father and, and there is a mother. And so you work together on having these big four things for your children. So the boundaries, the consistency, and I know this is the tough one. The kid gets up, touches that thing they're not meant to touch. You give them a warning. They don't get a warning. They don't listen to it. They touch it. You go up and whether you smack them or whether you, whether you take something away or put them in a naughty corner, whatever, the third thing is discipline. Whatever it is for them, you get up and do it. Then they get out of the discipline. They go back and do it again the next day, then the next day, then the next afternoon, then the next morning. That consistency, they're testing to see how far you will go. Is your resolve greater than their resolve? And I know, I know, parents, the feeling of this is the fourth time I've gone up tonight. I've had a big day at work and I just want to sit down and watch this movie and unwind. <laughs> No, 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 no. You have to get up because that's telling them, oh my goodness, I can do this eight times and I'm still going to get my ass whooped. I'm still going to get in trouble for this. There's going to be consequences. They know then that, okay, well, I, I better not. I've done it twice now. And I watched each one of the children, all very different personalities. I watched every single one of them push the boundaries uh, some at once, twice, three, five, eight times. But no matter where they started, that number got less and less and less over the weeks, months, and years because they knew there was a consistency. Now, understand, please, let me just caveat again. We weren't perfect at this. We didn't do this 100% of the time. We weren't um, like we were some, we weren't some sort of um, amazing, amazing, incredible, you know, uh, uh, parents. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a knight in shining armor father. No, made horrible mistakes. Horrible, horrible but you're getting the benefit of the mistakes and the good things that that we've done uh, with the children. So boundaries, consistency, discipline. There needs to be consequences for the actions, and I've talked about that a moment ago. And then the fourth one is love. You see, you don't spoil a child because you love them too much. You spoil them because you don't put boundaries, consistency, and discipline. Please understand that. Love is important because you need to show them that they're accepted and they're loved, that that boundaries and consistency and discipline uh, done outside of love is just tyranny. It's just a dictatorship then. And that's why that's why many children who become parents resist the boundaries, consistency, discipline, because it was never done in love. And so they think it's horrible, so they don't want to do that for their kids. But what ends up happening is their children become unruly and difficult and temper tantrums and and uh, and interrupt the mums and dads constantly because they want to get their own way. Um, and then unfortunately, all of us have to work with these brats. And I've seen 40-year-old men in boardrooms have what I would consider to be a four-year-old tantrum. And I know this because I used to have, I had a four-year-old at home doing the same thing the night before. I walk into a boardroom meeting and there's this 42-year-old man doing the exact same thing, but just as an adult, that my four-year-old did the night before because they didn't get their ice cream. 
and then this this donkey in front of me, this man child, I should say, in front of me is acting like because no one's actually gone to him and whacked him, or, or had consequences. I said, no, no, that's not how you behave as a four year old. As a matter of fact, Jordan Peterson says very, very clearly this research shows that you need to get your children to be likable because they've been disciplined and had consistency and boundaries and love by the time they're four, four, not a lot of years, um, so that they it's easier for them to be likable as they grow up because they start to function in a way that's acceptable for a human to function within a society. Now, if you have teenagers and you haven't done the boundaries, consistency, discipline and love, and you've got teenagers right now and you're listening going, dang, I've missed the boat on this one. Uh, I've got one thing to say to you. Good luck. See you on the other side. <laughs> uh, good luck and see you on the other side. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but honestly, um, there's not much you can do. You are going to need some serious help, uh, some books, maybe talk to some experts. If there's trauma in the kids' lives, you need to go take them to therapy, as I said earlier. Um, but look, one of the things you can do um, besides holding on hold on for the ride is create an environment where you can talk to them where you can listen more than you can more than you suggest listen um, obviously there still needs to be consequences for actions if they if they um, you know are out smoking and you don't want them to do that and we know that we know the consequences of that here's what happens if you're out partying and drinking getting drunk and you're 14 years old here's the consequences of that and talking through them but not doing it out of anger but doing it out of love I'm not saying you can't be stern and you can't be um, uh, you know, a, a, there's a depth in your voice, a tone in your voice that's a father or mother tone. But I'm saying you're doing it out of love, not out of anger, because there's a difference in the way that it's executed and the way that it's taken. Uh, so we create an environment where you can talk to them. But honestly, mainly it's going to be holding on for the ride, loving them, because the hormones are now are now bathing their their minds and they're thinking of, of a way. Think I've lost my child. Like, uh, like for instance, my uh, my son, who's now tw almost twenty, uh, he was a loving, caring, beautiful kid, and all of a sudden he became a grunter, and all he did is grunted. And I know many of you just heard me say that. And went, yep, that's my son right now. Uh, how was your day? You know, everything good? Fine. How was school? Good. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you thinking about? Nothing. What are you watching? Nothing. I can see your screen on. There's nothing. And so I went to that. Now he's, he's in his 20s and he's developed. He's talking. He communicates. We have discussions. We sit down. So you get there. It will get there. Um, and so you're just going to have to hold on for the ride. Um, and uh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> now the fifth thing. So to recap quickly before I go into number five, working out. Number two is personal development. Number three is having a vision for your family, the culture. Number four is the kids and the, uh, the the four things you can do, which is boundaries, consistency, discipline, and love. And number five, for goodness sake, get a hobby, okay? Get a hobby. If your hobby is not exercising, if it's not something you enjoy doing, if it's not something that you love doing, then find a hobby, whether it's a, mus a musical instrument or volunteering, uh, helping people, looking out for your neighbors, a social sport, maybe it's wine. Now, I'm not talking about drinking copious amounts of it, but you know, you, you love the different types of wines and you love wine testing and you love going to um, different valleys that grow vines and, and wines all over around the world. Um, travel, maybe you love to travel, uh, going and f discovering beautiful country towns around Australia or anywhere in the world. Uh, 
cooking, um, find a hobby. Maybe it's little uh, models that you like making and painting and, and it just gets your mind off your life. And, um, you know, finding a hobby, practicing it, enjoying it, having fun. Don't let it overtake your life and use it as an escape so much that, okay, I like golf, I'm going to play... <sighs> What's eight times four? <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> nine times nine times three. What is that? Um, I'm going to play that many holes. That's how many holes? 18? 18 is 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 playing it twice. Well, we're, sorry, darling, we had to play. It took us uh, ten hours because you know you know the boys you know they wanted to play they wanted to play eighteen holes and then we went to uh, the to the clubhouse and you know, had a couple of drinks and you do that you do that most Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays because you don't want to be home. No, I'm not saying it. Let it overtake your life. Let it enhance your life so that there's there's enjoyment to it. There's fun. The hobby is there to enhance your life. Okay, not overtake it. And so, gentlemen. You know, I wanted to give you these uh, build yourself better tips so that you can do something today from working out to personal development to building a culture in your family to what to do with the children to looking at hobbies that can make your life a lot better. Uh, understand that, that developing these things in your life don't automatically happen. Great men do not happen automatically. Great men happen because we do it on purpose. It takes time and effort and determination and purpose and responsibility and action. But just like when you go to the gym, you don't see the results immediately. You know, and this is why, you know, some women crack me up. They don't want to work on their biceps because if they work on their biceps, you know, you lift up a, a five kilo uh, dumbbell. Whoa, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 27 inch arms. No, 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 it takes time for that to happen. I know genetics come into play here, but trust me, two weeks of doing biceps, you're not going to be huge. Okay. Same thing with this. You need to, you don't see the results immediately, but they will come. They will get there. Doing these, these tips will help you get there, just like the longer-term fruits of kindness, chivalry, and strength. Men, be the great man you were designed to be. Build a better version of yourself. Build yourself better starting today. I really hope, hope those tips have helped you. I really hope that uh, you can take those and implement some of these things in your life. If you're doing them already, great. Go help someone else. Let them know that it's possible. Show them that it can be done. Okay, have a great, great rest of the week wherever you are around the world. Great to have you on, on this journey with me. I will see you on the next episode.